I had a feeling that Graham's text message about Vince Lee might get a few of you, might prompt some more correspondence to the show. And we'll get to some of your comments after the 1130 news. We've got some open line time and and, and we'll get Scott and Sherwood Park's take and and Daryl's and Bob's and Hot Wheels and a whole bunch of you chiming in about that. I know that it's not the type of debate where we'll all find consensus on how as a society we should handle those who commit crimes while dealing with mental illness that quite frankly and admittedly many of us cannot possibly begin to understand. Then again, something tells me we may need to leave some open line time to dissect what we're about to hear from our next guest, Dr. Dwayne Bratt, of course, a political scientist out of Calgary's Mount Royal University, in just a second is going to join us to go through yesterday's throne speech. But if you missed it, the address, of course, broadcast yesterday at 3 p.m., read by Alberta's Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell. Here are a few of the more significant points. There is much that needs to be done here in Alberta in the face of the current economic shock. First, we must help the many Alberta families. Starting this summer, my government will implement an important new Alberta Child Benefit Plan for low-income families a $340 million investment in new direct help to the Alberta families who need it most. Alberta is also vigorously urging Canada's new federal government to reconsider federal employment insurance rules that exclude too many Albertans from benefits. And we will protect Albertans who are experiencing economic distress from being preyed upon by unscrupulous lenders. In some cases, these lenders are charging interest rates of up to 600% a year. Second, we must do everything we responsibly can as quickly as possible to promote job creation and economic diversification. Alberta is investing $34 billion into our provincial capital plan to help build the roads, transit, schools, and other facilities our province needs to support the economy and create jobs. Our province is also making $1.5 billion available to Alberta Treasury branches to support lending to small and medium-sized businesses. The Government of Alberta will do more to promote economic development in Budget 2016. Third, we will build on our strategic partnerships with Canada's new federal government. The Government of Canada has committed to a significant new investment in Canada's infrastructure. Alberta will work closely with Ottawa to ensure federal investment in Alberta's infrastructure promotes diversification and job creation as quickly as possible. Finally, we will work closely with our province's energy industry to ride out this storm and look for opportunities within it. My government recently completed a review of Alberta's royalty system and now will proceed to reform it. That uh, collection of highlights from yesterday's throne speech as delivered by Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell. Dr. Dwayne Bratt, political scientist, Mount Royal University, joining us over the phone. Doctor, thanks for your time. Good morning, Ryan. Anything uh, particularly knock your socks off right out of the gates? Well, it was a very different throne speech than the last one the NDP gave back in June. The the one in June was very much celebratory. We won. This is our agenda. This is some criticism of the previous government. 
But to, yesterday's throne speech was very much, here's the problem, and here's the scale of the problem, and here are some of the ways that we're going to try to address the problem. There was, for a throne speech, a lot more substance in here than, than normal. There was still some vagueness, and we're not going to really see that till we see the legislation and the budget, but it was a very different type of throne speech than what we've normally seen. I was taking a look at Graham Thompson's column this morning in the Edmonton Journal, and he, he describes the throne speech yesterday. Uh, life as the government would like things to be, not as they are. The Disneyland version of reality where the government will smooth out the bumpy roller coaster ride of energy prices so it doesn't make you sick. Apt? Um, a bit more flowery than I would use. Um, I think their their notion about how they're going to be able to do it. There is some pessimism in in this document, and you know when they talk about they're going to miss their deficit targets, uh, but they seem optimistic that their plan that they're going to put in place will work. I remain skeptical of that. I don't think we're going to get close to having a balanced budget by 2019, um, and. Uh, we're going to continue to be in in a hole here. Do you believe that some of the language in the throne speech was maybe a response or or at least a reflection to even what was happening outside? I don't have to tell you that a couple hundred people gathered in protest on the steps of yeah, the legislature? Yeah, I, I, I think it was a response not necessarily to, to yesterday's protest, but in general, the discussion. So one of the phrases that, that struck me when I read through it was, um, we support each other in these times instead of making a bad situation worse. And that's the response that opposition parties have given that the NDP was dealt a bad hand, but they've made the situation worse. And so I think that that phrase was a direct response to it. There was some criticism from those who opposed the government saying that they were picking winners and losers in business. Do you perceive that to be accurate? Uh, that was my fear. But if you look at what they're doing, they're allocating money to the Alberta Treasury branch. And it's going to be the Alberta Treasury branch, I guess, that is going to be picking winners and losers. Um, maybe more of that will, will be fleshed out afterwards. But their diversification strategy, with the exception of petrochemicals, um, is really being done at, at arm's length through the ATB with some seed money, $1.5 billion from the government. The, the stuff around um, diversification into the petrochemicals industry, that we'll have to see how that comes about. And that was something that came out of the, the uh, review panel. Is In your estimation, is, is the ATB the, the, the correct or the, the sensible destination for those funds? I mean, I, I can't help but note that, I mean, Dave Mowat, who's the chairman over there, obviously, was the one who steered the royalty review as well. I mean, are, are those irrelevant factors? I think that particular one is irrelevant. I think they chose the ATB because the government owns the ATB, sure. right, instead of handing it off to, to private banks. Um, one thing that did please me, and it's only one paragraph in here uh, in a 10-page in a speech, is they're going after predatory payday loan companies. And this, I think, reflects particularly the influence of Joe Sisi. Um, when he was with Momentum, um, they did a major study looking at payday loans. And in the post 
uh, speech uh, scrum, Rachel Notley said, you know, people are hurting, they're turning to these places, and, and they're loan sharks. And so uh, I think that is, that is a response, and that's where some ideology came in. But I think it's a good positive move. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, people have been calling for crackdowns on, in that particular industry for a long time. Yes, yes, they have, and, and it finally looks like we're we're going to see that. Not a lot of details on this three billion dollar a year carbon tax, most specifically where no, the revenue. No, that's all going to be in the implementation plan, um, and so you wouldn't expect that in a throne speech. You wouldn't expect that sort of detail in, in a throne speech. But there's still a lot of questions uh, that people have about that. How is it going to be paid? What is it going to cover? How's the rebate program going to look? Um, you know, where where is the money going to be spent? Um, it, it, we'll have to see when the legislation rolls in. It's going to be a very busy uh, spring session, without a doubt. Yeah, no kidding. The Premier's also doubled down on that goal to get minimum wage up to $15 an hour. Are you surprised they're not saying, ah, let's see how this $11 thing works out? Let's... Let's see how that rolls out. Uh, I think that's something that can be that is going to get delayed. Um, you know, they made an initial effort, but it's something it, it's near and dear to their hearts. We'll have to see how uh, how close they hit that target and whether they hit it on time. What is the one thing, Doctor, you'll be looking for in this budget? What's the one area that you go, oh, this will be interesting? Really, it's are they going to identify a path going forward? So, yeah, we know we're going to be facing a $10 billion deficit, but what are we going to do the following fiscal year? And so, in my mind, it's not what's going to be in the budget. It's going to be in the negotiations, the labor negotiations with the various public sector unions, uh, with the teachers, with the nurses, with AUPE, because that's how you bring costs down. And is the government willing to do that? That's going to be crazy. I mean, to be a fly on the wall in those negotiations. And well, and there's government. other negotiations uh, dealing with the labor sector as well, um, dealing with the support uh, Supreme Court around essential services and the right to strike. Um, there's going to be those are going to be tough negotiations. So the the two the three things I'm looking for in the in the spring session is the climate change uh, implementation bill, the budget and the labor negotiations. Yeah. Hey, Dwayne, before I let you go, did, did you pay any attention to the, the protest that was going on outside? What do you make of it? Uh, it was small, you know, um, and we regularly have protests. And uh, what what interests me is they were protesting a wide variety of activities. Everything. It, they weren't just protesting the Notley government and the Farm Bill. They were criticizing, um, you know... Um, Bill 10. Yeah, Bill 10. They were criticizing the Trudeau government. Uh, there was a whole range of different activities. So it was a group, um, a small group, noisy group, that are very angry and angry about a lot of things. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, doctor, thanks for your time. All right, we'll see you, Ryan. Always a pleasure. Dr. Dwayne Brad, of course, uh, I can't remember his official title. He's, he, like, he chairs the Department of Political Science, basically, there at Mount Royal University. He does a great job and, of course, a correspondent for several uh, media outlets across the province. What we care about now is what you think about that throne speech. Several of you would rather talk about the protest outside. One of you's even asked for my thoughts on it, which is uh, I do have some thoughts on it. Dingo's upset that I said there were just a couple of hundred people there. I saw the photos. That's great. A couple hundred people come down. 
I don't think some of them were as focused as organizers would have liked. Then again, maybe the organizers weren't that focused. All right, my thoughts on George Clark and the protest outside the legislature right after this. Our thanks to Dr. Dwayne Bratt. Breaking down the throne speech. What did you think about it? You can text into 630-630 anytime. There was the protest that we touched on yesterday. It kicked off at noon. The throne speech went at 3. Some people had suggested that there were Greyhound buses coming in from cities all across the province, protesters arriving, uh, people of all backgrounds. Though I, 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 I must say, I, I didn't necessarily mind the photo caption on Vice's coverage of the protest yesterday, stating it was a diverse crowd at the coup d'etat. There were white people from Calgary, white people from Edmonton, and and even white people from small towns. A little cheeky, of course. We're having a little fun with this. I don't want to discount the fact that many people, maybe some of you listening right now, were there, and you're angry, and you're serious, and you expect to be taken seriously. And I applaud your effort for being there. And I applaud your your conviction and your political awareness and the fact that you put into practice what so many people don't. That is walking your walk all the way down there to the legislature, not just talking the talk. I don't deny that many people are there with good intentions. I don't deny that there are people there that are desperate. They haven't worked for ages. The economy has collapsed around them. I get it. I also can't ignore that there were people there, one, with a banner that read, kill the farm, kill the oil patch, the NDP's final solution. Swastikas adorn the banner. Swastikas? The final solution? It may have just been an unfortunate moment. You know how photos work. But there's one making the rounds of a gentleman wearing a red scarf, throwing out what appears to be a Hitler salute, a Nazi salute. Again, maybe it was just timing. But as Dwayne Bratt pointed out, it soon became a rant. People complaining about not just the carbon tax, not just Bill 6, the farm safety legislation, but but Bill 10 and and gay-straight alliances and trans people and immigrants and refugees and, I mean, geez. This was a jumbled jambalaya if I've ever seen one. On Twitter, I, I suggested that if these groups want to be taken seriously, they need to condemn comparisons between the Holocaust and Alberta's NDP government. Kathleen got back to me, says the swastika representing the NDP's process is nothing more than an exaggeration. She says it's an exaggeration, but it's a demonstration, you know, overemphasis for effect. Vincent then chimed in and said early Nazi policies called for the nationalization of certain industries and land reform. There is your parallel. And I'm sitting here going, are you people serious? Now, Vincent went on to say, you know what, Ryan, it's pretty easy to cherry pick just a few idiots from a big crowd. And and Vincent's right, which is why I wanted to say right off the bat, not everybody there is nuts. I don't think so. 
I think some of the people there are there with the best of intentions. They're there because they're desperate and they're angry and they're doing whatever they can. But the fact of the matter is, we go to the polls if we want to, quote, overthrow a government. The only way you're going to see a coup d'etat in Alberta is through the electoral process. And so I was watching yesterday's developments, sure, from the comfort of my Twitter account. I didn't head down there. And wondering the whole time, what is the point? What is the goal? More importantly, what is the message? What on earth was the message of that protest? If you're someone that sits there and says, I don't believe that revenue from a carbon tax is the right way to go when it comes to pipeline diplomacy, I would say, hmm, that sounds reasonable, and I'd be curious to know your opinion. But if you were waving a big swastika flag accusing the government of some of the same things that Adolf Hitler rolled out across Europe, you lose me. And if all of a sudden you want to talk about how you feel like the government's not listening and you're a farmer and what do they know about bringing OH&S onto your farm if there's been an accident or what do they know about combining or what do they know about 4-H and kids needing to be close to livestock, I'll go, yeah, give us a call. Let's talk about it. But if you also find a way to work in gay people and refugees, I might start to wonder about the focus of what's grinding your gears. Russ says these people are crazy. It's embarrassing. Sean says the swastika sickens me for what it represents. Doreen says, I found it very significant that there were lines of police forcing the protesters so far back from the steps of our building. The ledge is the premier beginning to realize just how hated she is becoming. I don't buy that, Doreen. I didn't see lines of police. There were some police there, obviously. You know, some of these people may be the same that have talked about killing the premier. So why wouldn't there be police there? There was one social media post making the rounds yesterday, a guy saying, hey, if you're on our team, all I'll say is you better not be wearing orange. I've got a surprise. What does that mean? No, like, what does that mean? What are you saying? I wonder if the group, if the movement is starting to realize what a mockery they are making of what they think they're accomplishing. At some point, you look around you and you know that you have a political conviction, you have a social conviction, but the person next to you is flying the swastika. And you've got to do a gut check. I think this is common sense, isn't it? Isn't it? Adam says, I I think and I hope that the protest was the beginning of a big movement. These aren't union bots made to show up or they'll have their pay held back. These were legitimately angry people, and there are a lot more angry people around these days. Wait until there are 10,000 angry oil field workers trampling the grass at the ledge. Sure, I hear big numbers. I mean, George Clark yesterday 
rolled out this petition. He's not showing it to anybody, but he claims that he has 164,000 signatures on a petition. They're going to, you know, the plan we, we outlined it for you. They want to, everybody's going to buy NDP memberships and they're going to take over the party from within. And George Clark yesterday said to his, his followers, said to, to, to his army there, that this is going to be, by the time we're done, the most conservative NDP government in Canada. The reality is, bless their hearts, but the people down making noise at the legislature yesterday, quite frankly, have no idea how democracy works. I don't mean to offend, but every once in a while I've got to call them how I see them. And quite frankly, sometimes I'm less hesitant to offend some people than others. I know I keep going back to the swastika, but but I'm like Sean who just texted in. The minute that I saw the swastika... The whole thing, I mean, the whole thing just imploded. Listener here says, most citizens want to live in a democracy, not an unconstitutional monarchy with a corrupt representative electorate and elected dictatorship. We want democracy. I get the passion, like, like, and those words sound really great together. But, like, what the hell are you talking about? This is a democracy. There was an election on May 5th, and this is the government that resulted from the votes that Albertans cast. Carrie Canuck says, democracy? Did the majority of Albertans vote NDP? No, you are clueless. Another Steve out of Barhead says, democracy? This is a dictatorship. Jeff says, I think there are more, there's more to the protest, larger issues. Maybe people are just tired of some of the issues being shoved under the carpet. Jeff, you might be right. Scott says, there was a woman there saying, shoot that, notly, and then a profanity. We pointed the woman out to police. It was disturbing. Somebody else told me some guy had, and I don't, I'm a dog owner myself. Apparently some guy had a great Dane down there, and he was turning the Dane around to face people that were there supporting the government. You know, it's a passive-aggressive move, but like, What? What? Another says, a few police, I counted 10. Do you blame them? So we put it out to you. You want to talk about the throne speech that was delivered inside the Alberta legislature yesterday? Or do you want to talk about the protest outside? And guess which is winning on the text line. Twitter, too. I went to university with a gal by the name of Phoebe Aglauer. She's Listening to the show this morning, Phoebe, thanks very much. Haven't seen you in ages. We've got to go grab a beer. Phoebe says, Jesperson, I was there yesterday. I was exercising my knowledge of how democracy works. Protesting is part of that. I am not angry. I am not pro-hate. Phoebe, I know you're not pro-hate. And I'm not suggesting that every single person, I tried to make this very clear, but I'll say it one more time. I don't think every single person down there at the Alberta legislature is a buffoon. As a matter of fact, I think there are probably some people down there that I see eye to eye with. I think there are probably some people down there that are frustrated, nervous, discouraged. They feel underrepresented. They feel disrespected. They're upset. They would do anything to catch the attention of government, and that was their goal yesterday. So I get it. But at the same time, once you go, no carbon tax, 
Oh, and no Bill 6. Oh, and, and no Bill 10 and no gay-straight alliances and, and, and no trans people and, and, and no boys and girls bathrooms and no refugees and no immigrants and no temporary foreign workers. Then you go, mm, yeah, I see what this is. I get it. Let's find out what Dingo has to say. 780-496-0063. How you doing? Hey, good, Ryan. How are you? Good. Were you there yesterday? No, you know, I couldn't get away from work, unfortunately, but I, I wanted to be. All right. But I agree. I agree that uh, I don't. I don't understand where some of that other stuff, like the uh, against the bathrooms and the LB. I don't know where that stuff came in. It wasn't, as far as I was concerned, that wasn't what what was going on there. But uh, the one thing that I still can't understand, like. I can see why people are so frustrated. I know, for one thing, my MLA. I'd sure like to know from other jurisdictions, do you guys feel that your MLA is representing their constituents? I know I can't even phone my MLA office. I get a smart-aleck little uh, assistant there who won't even talk to you if you don't agree with them. And I don't know if that's happening all over. But, you know, people are... First of all, the government says they're going to you know, go, on, go against these uh, pro, uh, predatory lenders. Yeah. Well, what's the reason people have to go to these lenders? Notley and the NDP are making it. I mean, they're not entirely responsible, but they're making that. They're causing the people to have to do that. And then when you, you try to give, you say, oh, we're going to help you. We're going to give you uh, benefits. We're going we're to uh, increase the minimum wage, but we're going to put a carbon tax and, and raise the cost of absolutely everything. So they're basically trying to cut off the bottom of a blanket, sew it to the top, and tell us that it's longer. Hmm. I like the metaphor, Mike. I, I'm good at metaphors. Yeah, you are. I'm going to let you go so we can get to some more takes, all right? Good to hear your voice. Thanks very much. On the text line, Lauren in Drayton Valley says, Ryan, we live in Alberta. We live in an elected dictatorship because our MLAs are not allowed to have a free vote. They must vote along with Rachel or suffer the consequences, lower pensions. I know you're going to hate me pointing this out, Lauren, in Drayton Valley, but conservatives have been doing the exact same thing for years. Another says it's like saying all hockey fans are morons after they riot after a game. You're painting everyone with the same brush. No, I'm not. Listen, listen. I know not everybody. I know that the, but I don't want to keep saying idiot because we have younger listeners and we want to maintain decorum and respect one another. But if you're walking around with a swastika comparing Adolf Hitler to our premier, you're an idiot. And I know that not every person's perspective was represented by that woman and that banner. I get it. But come on. Birds of a feather, my friends. Warren, what do you think? Hello there, RJ. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I got the uh, Riot Act read to me from Gina to be good, so I am going to be. <laughs> well, keep um, it respectful, but you don't have yeah. to hold back. I would, I would. Um, my, my, my point to you, Ryan, is I understand that these people that were there yesterday, and I wasn't there, um, you know, to me it comes across as that they're frustrated. It's an accumulation of a lot of frustration over the years, and they just are not organized, and they're all over the place. But, you know, you made a comment that um, this is not democracy when they come across like that. Well, of course it's not, and we did vote them in. But what I think people don't understand or don't realize is that when these people, you know, they vote for this government or a government, they don't tell us ahead of time what they're going to be doing. And I think that's where in lies some of the democracy is skewed because they, you know, if they were to tell us up front that this was all going to be happening, they probably wouldn't have got in. Yeah, maybe, Warren. I mean, this this provincial election, this past election was like a... 
I, I mean, it's, it's like seeing like Haley's Comet or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just this crazy. Like it, it was. I mean, any provincial election is national news, but the rest of Canada could not believe that Alberta, and probably still can't believe that Alberta has a majority NDP government. I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, and I agree with you, Ryan, but, you know, I think that, you know, as you've probably heard and I think most people feel is that, you know, this was a kickback from the fact that we weren't happy with the progressive conservatives, the way they ran this province, and it was the way of harming and, you know, making life miserable for them for voting for the NDP. But, you know, Ryan, it's, you know, I think the glory days for Alberta are behind us because, you know, when you think about it 20 years ago, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had a pretty good oil patch, or we had a, a really good, you know, I think we had a pretty good product to, to put to market. But, you know, now there's too many countries in the world that are selling oil as well. And we didn't get on that wagon. And now we're falling behind. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration is coming, that we can't get our, you know, we can't get our oil out to big water. And, you know, it's costing us really dearly now. And I, I just think this is more of frustration. And I... You know, I, I really think you've done a, a great job in, in trying to referee this. I, I listened to Dave Rutherford for years, and I, you know, I, he was awesome. But, you know, I think that uh, you got a tough job here, but you're doing an awesome job. Well, that I, means a lot I, to me, Warren. I'll, I'll, I'll go through real quick. I agree with you that Dave was awesome. I agree with you that the pipeline thing is very concerning. I hope that you're wrong about Alberta's glory days being over. We've seen $8 yeah. oil before in the province. We've seen 20% yeah. mortgages. We've seen tough times, and we've emerged through them. And we'll hope this is a cycle. People want to have confidence in the government steering them through that cycle. I get that. Appreciate yeah. you listening, Warren. Yes, thank you very much, Ryan. You bet. Gina, he was very polite. I don't, what, what were you so worried about? Oh, no, I was just giving the usual spiel. Oh, make sure so, no cursing so this was like kind of your standard, of like you prep yeah. them, you say, hey, here's the words you can't say, and then you read the list. Is that what you do? <laughs> that type of thing, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Tim's listening in from Drayton Valley says, uh, Ryan, the swastika carrying nut bar does not represent the majority of people that signed the petitions or that showed up yesterday. What happened yesterday is part of a democracy. We're supposed to have access to it through our elected officials. They're supposed to be our voice, and that isn't happening in my my opinion. Tim says, to be fair, if they're speaking for us, representing our opinions and voices, prove it. Hold a referendum. Let us vote on Bill 6. Let us vote on the carbon tax. Having people push government to be accountable is an unfortunate, unintended consequence of our democratic process. If I'm wrong, I'm willing to admit it. But either way, a plebiscite would be a huge step toward proving to Albertans that they're working on our behalf. We'll fit in a quick break right back to the text lines after this. I know I say this all the time, and I'm not trying to be annoying, but I wish we could broadcast or publicize what our text line looks like so you could see the back and forth. It's essentially two groups of people. <laughs> this is literally the truth, and I'll get into these. Uh, one group is arguing that the Nazi comparison is fair in evaluating Alberta's government, and the other side, you know, common sense. To 630-630 on, on the text line, a listener here says, uh, you know, people were always equating Stephen Harper to Hitler, but I don't remember you or the media being so upset by it. Yes, this young person is an idiot because they should have dressed up like Joseph Stalin. <laughs> this is Dave. He says, I don't agree with you on all topics, but thank you for a good conversation. Dave, for the record, anybody comparing anybody to Adolf Hitler, unless you're talking about, you know, that short list 
of people who I'm quite certain are sitting at the right hand of Satan in hell right now, Hitler comparisons are rarely productive, accurate, or appropriate. Murray says it's extreme, but Hitler was democratically elected at first, too. I mean, nobody knew his real intent, but he got elected, and the path to the demise of the German nation begun. (laughs) Gina's just giving her temples a massage right now. Big Swede says our new government is godless, soulless, and lacks respect for the sanctity of life. Jillian says, people need to chill out. $30 oil was never part of any party's plan. A lot of complaining about tax, but nobody's saying what they'd be willing to cut. Where would these complainers find literally billions in cuts? Where? It's funny. I never have anyone tell me they wish our school had fewer teachers or that their child's class was bigger. Steven says, I've seen anti-oil protesters spit on police, throw garbage at them, break the law. They have their faces covered. He says, give me a break. That yesterday was a peaceful protest. Occupy, urinating in the park, leaving all their garbage everywhere. Sure. What's your point? Like, what's your point? Adam says, this is voter remorse. Alberta cut off its nose to spite its face, and now everybody's sorry about it. Another listener here says, I get it, you know, when, when, when the left comes under attack, Ryan, you, you've, you've got to jump up and defend them. He says, I get that. Spencer on the West End wonders, does the NDP know how democracy works? Bill 6, the carbon tax, two issues that they did not run a campaign on. The NDP does have the authority to do these things, but did they get votes by Albertans knowing these things would be done? Keith says this is exactly how democracy works. Protest is a necessary tool. Keith, on that, I'd agree. He says, do you honestly think people on the left have never used Nazi comparisons while protesting Harper, Bush, or any other right-leaning government? And Dave says again, I understand you defending the left, Ryan, but that's not the real story here. People's anger rather than whether or not you approve of how it was expressed Here's the thing I don't get, and I think it's such a simple thing to break things down to right and left. Some of you, maybe you'd go, yeah, yeah, I'm for sure. I'm hard right. I'm extreme right. Others of you would go, oh, I lean far left. I'm, you know, whatever. You know, and so it's obvious in how I view things like taxes and social programs and, and, and you know, the justice system and whatever. Foreign policy, whatever. I've stated quite clearly, personally, I'm in the middle. I kind of I go with my gut. Like, if, if, on an issue... I don't go, oh, I'm a conservative, so I believe this about tax, or I'm a liberal, so I believe this about abortion. I, how do I feel about it? Talk about it, find as much information as I can, make up my mind. But what I don't understand is when people imply or suggest that criticism of what went down yesterday at the legislature is the left ripping the right. If I was on the right, if I was a conservative, I would be dismayed that the people yesterday outside the legislature are the ones representing us. I would be absolutely devastated and dismayed that that is how small C conservatives are being represented, portrayed in Alberta right now. If anything, discrediting the protest or some of the protesters yesterday might be the most conservative-friendly thing I could possibly do. 
I see Daily Dell's holding the line, and he wants to talk about Hitler. Buckle up. It's good to hear from Lisa in Vagerville this morning. Says, I wasn't at the protest yesterday, and I had no desire to go. I'm as conservative as they come. But yesterday's protest was an embarrassment. I I did participate, says Lisa, in the Bill 6 protests, as it fundamentally affects our farming operation along with that carbon tax. She says the people who grow your food are getting hit the hardest by this government. When the petitions for plebiscite came out, I admit I got on board and I went out and got signatures. But as I listened more and more to George Clark, I realized he's just an attention whore who has a bunch of little minions following him around. It is a complete embarrassment to the rural communities of Alberta. Not from Lisa. You can call us anytime at 780-496-0063. Daily Dell does often, hence the nickname. How are you? Oh, I have to laugh. First, I'm mad at you. Why? Don't, don't, don't use that birds of a feather flock. That is just insulting in so many ways. Hey, man, you know if, someone, if someone is at the same rally as me standing next to me flying a swastika, I'm going to say I something. Because if I wind up on the front page of the paper standing next to that buffoon, I'm going to be painted with the same brush they are. I would have confronted them myself, too. Yep. You're right. But don't say birds of a feather. Fair That's enough. just mean. Sure. Okay. Hitler. Don't compare her to Hitler. Hitler at least got full employment for his people. Come on. Dell, if, if I, I never want to like, cut you off, but if you're going to start sympathizing or praising Hitler in any context, not, in any way, he, I, I don't he, even want I don't even want cute comments about him. I mean, it disgusts me. It, it's like someone says to me, "Your faux outrage about Hitler." I said, "My faux outrage, my faux outrage about the Holocaust." Like, have people lost perspective on what that symbol represents? Boy, they have actually. Take a look at how they attack Israel and Jews nowadays. And it's like, did you people forget there were six and a half million people butchered? And not just butchered, they actually had a whole factory system set up to butcher them. Oh, it's no, it's it's like it's it's almost like I don't even want to. I mean, I know we need to talk about it. We have to talk about it because we can never forget. But Dell, you're right. I mean, that's why I'm so it's I have such a visceral reaction to seeing that logo, that symbol. I, you're right. Now, I, if I had been down at that protest, that would have been the first person I went to talk to. Yeah. I would be like, you know what? Wrap that up and go away. Because there's people here with a legitimate grievance that are being greatly affected by this government. And when you haul out that swastika, what have you just said? You're an idiot. Yeah, and I feel for the people that were there legitimately. Uh, and I'm sure that, Dell, there were a lot of rational people there that are just great Albertans that have a message. They want to be heard. But you're not going to get heard when you have these lunatics surrounding you. Yeah, I know, and that's that's the part that kills me. Uh, I guess you got to go. I got to go. I got to right. work. Appreciate the call, Dell. Thanks very Have much. Good. If you missed the nine o'clock hour, by the way, we we led off. We did a mailbag segment for the entire hour, and we led off uh, with someone's take on Daily Dell. It's it, it's interesting. Every time he chimes in, we'll get a response. It's a pretty interesting uh, phenomenon. This 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 Daily Dell character on our show. A listener out of Vermilion says, I attended the Topography of Terror Museum in Berlin last November. Anyone who compares anyone to Adolf Hitler and the Nazis should have to visit that museum. It is absolutely sickening. Russ says, the NDP never had a chance. People had to hate on the minute they were declared the new government. Yet all these problems the PCs created through the years seem to have conveniently disappeared. 
Stephen follows up on his take earlier about the, the, the protesters and Occupy and the garbage and the faces covered. I asked Stephen what his point was. He says, Ryan, my point was the media didn't criticize the anti-oil protesters for that behavior. I wasn't on this show when Occupy Edmonton went down. Remember that at Melkor Park on Jasper Avenue a while ago? It was right, it was kitty corner from our studios at City TV when I was hosting breakfast television. And I cracked on them pretty good. I stand by my take on the Occupy movement. Anybody that's convinced, I mean, uh, right now, it, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. I've got several people saying, uh, Lucas in particular out of Stetler wants to know, if you're in the middle, then how can you vote? Lucas says in follow-up, tell us who you did vote for. It will explain a lot. Nope. I will tell you, Lucas, that my vote was up for grabs, provincially and federally this year, and I stated that very clearly. <laughs> Two people in a row calling for a roundtable with Dell. Meantime, Jillian says Dell just let himself down with that cute Hitler comment, big time. Robbie says, I don't often agree with Dell, but he's right to take the stand that he'd be the first to talk to the person with the swastika flag. I agree with you, Robbie. Abigail says, thanks, by the way, Rye, for being a face of reason. I'm, I'm so afraid the protesters yesterday are supremely uninformed sheep who are following rhetoric spewed by the dethroned conservative followers. Sorry, guys, the mess our province is in now was not created by the NDP. That from Abigail. And then there's this, a listener from Edmonton that simply says, I'm done. I've been a listener for years and I'm done with Ched. We'll never apologize for open conversation. That's what this is a forum for. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon. It's an honor to sit in this chair. It's a pleasure to converse with you. Thanks for everything today. What a show it was. Another great one coming up tomorrow. Make it a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you soon.